Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. If you are like me, you are feeling completely done with COVID-19, but you also realize that COVID-19 is not done with us. So the good news is we're talking about vaccine distribution less than a year when, than when we first started talking about this virus, which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. And we are fortunate to have Dr. Robin Johnson with us today, and she's the medical director at El Paso County Public Health. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, which we hope you do, you've heard from her before throughout this virus. Um, if you're just joining us for the first time, I think you'll really enjoy her perspective and information, and it's coming from a very credible source. So um, she's done an excellent job of keeping us informed throughout this pandemic. So thank you, Dr. Johnson, for being thank with you. us. Thank you. It's nice to be here. We really appreciate it. And we've talked about COVID. We've talked about prevention measures and the vaccine safety was our most recent conversation you and I had um, not too long ago. And now we're focusing on getting this vaccine to people in El Paso County. How are you feeling at this stage? Um, you know, there, there is a lot to celebrate. There is a lot to celebrate. And um, I think it, it's hard when the road feels like it's been so long and, and the finish line is, is there, there in the yet. distance, yes. right? That we just want to be able to cross it. But it really is a time to celebrate. We have had an unprecedented effort in the development of this vaccine, really bringing together the greatest minds um, across the globe for the development of that and, and simultaneously bringing forward several vaccines with manufacturing so that it's even available is a miracle that it is actually in production, so we have some to begin applying, is uh, also magical. And yet, at the same time, there's huge frustrations that come with that because um, we have not had a vaccine that has been a limited and precious resource in the way that this one is. Typically, we have an anticipated number of vaccines we put in an order, those are manufactured, and then they're distributed in September for an October go date. We're distributing these as we need them and as they're manufactured. And so the supply kind of is feels and is literally just trickling in when we look at the numbers that are really needed. That's what I was going to ask. The big issue here is that supply versus demand. So can you talk about what's happening in general and in our county? Yeah, so we um, recognize that First, that we are not going to have enough supply to just be able to vaccinate everybody within, you know, the first few weeks or even the first few months of the vaccine being available. And so um, as the vaccine supply has come in, it's been a little sporadic, but it's also been very small in comparison with the numbers of people who need and desire to get vaccinated, which is very exciting for me as a public health provider and a big vaccine advocate. But uh, so many people are ready for it and, yes. and want it. Yes. Yes. And vaccinations are well proven to be one of our uh, greatest public health preventive measures, particularly when we speak about infectious disease. So we want everybody to maintain that excitement, but we have to have patience about how we get it out. And so we've had to really think ethically and 
um, physically through who are we going to be able to get this to first. And so prioritizing and developing phases has been part of that process so that we are um, being very wise, getting out the vaccine as it is available and doing so equitably. And so right now we're on that 70 and over group, and then we'll be moving through those stages. Yeah. So we did start with our highest risk groups, those who are in long-term care facilities and our frontline workers, right? Right. I mean, when you're in the ER and somebody shows up with COVID, you have huge risk of exposure, Mm -hmm. not only for yourself, but then uh, potentially passing it on. And and we've had really um, profoundly effective results with our providers in using their PPE and other preventive measures. We've talked about masks and, you know, washing your hands, but they are, uh, were first in line because of their risk of contraction. And then those in the long-term care facilities were high risk for a very severe uh, course in the disease and fatality. And so again, we're offered the vaccine first. We've moved on to that next phase that you're talking about 70 and older and some of our other um, healthcare workers that may not be on the front lines, but still um, have a higher risk because of contact with patients. Okay. And then how, um, how will teachers and childcare providers, how will those be incorporated as we go? Does that go back to what we originally talked about, right? The supply, the supply. Yes. So while those numbers have been, or I should say some of the phases are opening up, we are simultaneously still completing the previous phase. And one of the things that we want to uh, be clear about is that we don't want to just like get down to the very end of this phase before we start the next. So there's any kind of pause. We want to make sure that we are actively getting out all of the vaccine that's available. And so we will be completing all of the vaccines that are needed for that 70 plus age group that um, has been asked to get enrolled in. Um, we have our providers who are in collaboration with us reaching out to get them appointments. And then we will begin um, working on that next cohort, that next group of individuals, which means that we'll start working with individuals 65 to 70 and our educators. And that's a great point. You don't want to have even a one week lag. You don't want to have any type of pause. It just needs to be a continuous effort. That is that is our goal. Right. Absolutely. And we have phenomenal partners who have been assisting with us um, in getting this done, uh, utilizing the resources that are already on the ground um, from UC Health and Centura, as well as Children's um, Safeway, Optum Health Group, as well as Peak Vista Community Health Group and Matthews Vu. Um, it seems like more others. and more just being added as we go, which is wonderful. Yes. And as they are getting up to speed with um, more vaccine and their resources to be able to distribute, because it's a pretty heavy lift when we look at the number of vaccines that they're getting out there. But our partners are able to open up greater bandwidth as this uh, gets rolling. So it's very exciting time. Very promising. And so... Um, you talked about all these vaccine providers. And so I want to take this opportunity to, you know, in addition to listening to something like this interview, what's the best way for people to find out 
that credible information, get questions answered that maybe we don't get to today, but also how do you get connected with a vaccine provider? Yeah, and, and that's a really good question because many of our primary care providers are not at this point offering this particular vaccine because of the storage and cold chain and and it is a, a unique and, and a more fragile than the typical vaccine. So if you uh, can get on elpasocountyhealth.org, we have a uh, on our website, links that can get you to information about the vaccine, uh, what are the phases of the vaccine and anticipated times that we'll be moving between those phases, as well as if you are eligible, who is providing and what are the phone numbers or what are their um, links that you can get on the internet to get into their queue to get your vaccine. And we did just have um, 211 become available as, as a resource for um, seniors specifically, but anyone, right? Can Absolutely. Call. And 211 has uh, been a great resource for many different needs across the community um, as you look at getting resources. Um, so we're really excited to have them having stepped into this gap to assure that there uh, is another way besides having to log on to that computer. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're not comfortable doing that or you, or you know someone who's not comfortable um, finding out information that way, um, we are thankful to Pikes Peak United Way for setting up 211 and getting that to be such a good um, option for folks yes. to, to get to the right place and get their questions answered, even Absolutely. if it's just a question. Absolutely. It's a great resource. Yeah. And um, I think the important thing is that these are trusted resources who have good information and we are working with our partners to keep them updated so that you will be getting uh, information that is up to date and, and making sure that you're connected in a robust way. Um, as you do connect, we are working and anticipate some increasing vaccine to be coming into El Paso County, not only because there's anticipated increased manufacturing, but um, we also are anticipating that Johnson & Johnson will be getting an uh, emergency use authorization. And as those vaccines uh, become available, there'll be other partners that will be able to, to supply that. So looking at those websites Frequently, or calling two one one, you know, on some as you hear news that things are coming, so that you can keep abreast of what is happening in the community and where you can get plugged in will be really important. Because the prediction is more providers, more doses are yes. coming. Yes, they are coming. They're yes. not here yet, not and here we yet. are working uh, diligently getting out every vaccine that we get um, and anticipating that increased supply. So. Bear with us; it's coming. Um, this, but this also, whole pandemic has been a test in patience, hasn't absolutely. it? Absolutely, yes. it is. Uh, it's hard to wait, but it is. It is something that's coming. Absolutely, that is reassuring. And you and I feel like we sound a little bit like a broken record every time we talk, but we do talk about how important it is not to listen to your cousin Joe on Facebook and to really go to these credible sources because, like any stage of this pandemic, there is some real misinformation. There. It's really easy to get misinformation or to hear scams, and yeah, yeah, or just to hear um, anecdotal stories, um, and depending on people's perspective, very positive or negative. So, really important to listen to those credible uh, sources so that you have up to date information and that you have the right information so you are getting um, in the correct queue to get your vaccine. 
that you're connected with legitimate um, individuals. And then if there is a change in that, that you are aware and can be nimble to adjust and, and move with our community forward. Right. Good advice. Okay. And so, and I know we've, we've talked a little bit about this last time, um, but let's talk about what we're hearing about side effects of the vaccine. Cause I think some people are concerned about that and they're, and, and of course, there's side effects with any vaccine, as you had, had told us before. Um, but now that's another example of you hear these anecdotal stories and you can, you can get some misinformation when it comes to that. Yeah, so I think it's really important to understand um, that you will have what we people will call side effects um, from the vaccine. And most of those are related to the fact that your immune system, you just handed them a photocopy of the enemy, right? And as your immune system is going to mount a defense, they have to call in the right immune response, which means you're going to cause a little inflammation. You're going to get a little bit of a fever and achy. And where the um, vaccine was injected, you'll have a sore muscle. So that actually is reassuring because it means that the vaccine is doing its job and your immune system is responding. Okay. And of course, everyone's a little different, right? Yeah. Some people's just a little bit of soreness and others, it's, it's other side effects. Um, so Absolutely. Well, and you can, you can mitigate some of that by making sure that you hydrate really well. Okay. And usually just a dose of Tylenol um, is, is helpful, adequate. Right. Absolutely. It makes a difference. Um, it's, it's kind of tempting. I mean, we're talking about all this positive news and it is tempting to let our guards down, especially considering we're hearing how great our numbers are here. Um, and also that the vaccine is arriving. So it does, it does give me at least <laughs> temptation to say, Oh, yay. We can kind of let our guards down now when really that's not the case quite yet. Not quite yet. I, I have to say that um, as I watch our numbers and as we are improving, that tightness in my chest is relaxing, right? That's I good. mean, I think we can all breathe mm-hmm. easier and we should celebrate the good work that our community has done. I mean, there is a tremendous effort by every single person. And we've talked about this before. It is only the cumulative effort of our individual choices that can make the difference. And we're seeing that right now. Um, But you're absolutely right. Now is not the time to let our guard down. This virus is waiting in the background. And if we aren't careful, we could find ourselves in the middle of another surge um, because we don't have enough vaccine out to have herd immunity. Um, And we have to stay the course with those layered efforts of public health prevention. So we've got to wear our mask keep that social distance, go ahead and keep your group small, wash your hands, stay home if you're sick. And if you've been exposed to someone who you know has COVID, you need to quarantine. Um, The life cycle of the virus has not changed. We are adding on a really powerful layer of prevention with the vaccine, Um, but it requires, you know, that herd immunity. We've got to get it spread across our community broadly enough to just break those um, little connections for spreading the virus. So, is there a is there a specific point that that happens that you, that you can pinpoint or or not really? So there, it depends on the virus 
And so there's a lot of um, science that goes into that. If we look at measles, which is a very different virus, highly contagious, we're looking at 95% of people needing to be vaccinated to really get that kind of herd immunity. The um, understanding with this virus is going to be between 60 and 75% is what we're really looking for. And there are some assumptions that there are about 20 percent of people have some immunity because of previous infection. Okay. Um, so as we look at those numbers, um, we're anticipating, you know, that we'll have some idea as we get into that. I think the most important thing we're going to monitor, though, is again, the data. And as we reach herd immunity, what we'll really see is that we just have that um, small trickle of cases in the background. And we don't have the numbers, hospitalizations and things that, you know, we need a a data dashboard for right, right. That's, so, so that's what we're aiming for absolutely we're aiming for that trickle yes and so we'll be monitoring those percentages but we're going to be following the data and really um, i know people want you to give them a date can you just tell me that by july 4th we'll be all set yeah and would that be nice that? Wouldn't and then be we nice? could have fireworks <laughs> That sounds great. <laughs> Can we do them all in green? But I would like to point out, because you can't, that there is a little bit of this unrealistic expectation, in my personal opinion, of just, um, you know, public health officials and um, different leaders here and across the country to have these answers yeah. that just aren't, they're not there. And you can't do it without, like you said, going through what we're going through, supply, the data, et cetera. It's not just an easy, I know. black and white. Well, yeah. no, none of this has been binary this year. There right. are so many nuances, but Jen, I've been telling you, I need a crystal ball. And if you would just give me my tiara, <laughs> so then just whip up a little magic. We and- could whip up a little magic. And <laughs> yeah, but in lieu of that, um, I, what I have to, to uh, really implore you is to just continue to join me in the messaging, which I'm very grateful for this opportunity to speak to our community, but then have our community continue to just stay the course. We have made the impact we need to, we will continue to do that. And we are well on our way to, um, turning the next page. Right. And we joke around and we say, oh, you know, if the worst thing we have to do is be a little impatient, then we're fortunate because we know how deadly and terrible this virus has been. So if, if you need a reminder, it's good to think of that and to think of how far we've come from some of that devastation and how we're coming out the other side. Absolutely. Um, The finish line is far, but we, we can see it. (laughs) Right? right? I know. Yes. You know, I was a sprinter in college, so this is challenging for me. It's a long this, distance run. This has definitely been a marathon. Yes, it has. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And let me remind everyone to uh, please follow El Paso County Public Health, City of COS, El Paso County, those credible sources for information on your social media of choice. And again, if you or someone you love, especially in those um, high risk categories and, and in those categories that are eligible for the vaccine, if they are not comfortable being online, then 211 is a wonderful resource for them. So please tell them to call 211 or you're welcome to as well, whomever um, can advocate for that person in your family. Yes. So we encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening to Behind the Springs and let us know if there's anything that you would like to hear, um, whether it has to do with COVID-19 vaccine or anything in your city government. Uh, Springs at coloradosprings.gov is our email. And thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.